Hey guys, and welcome to Fisher Philbrick The Show. This is your host, Michael, and I just want to thank you for tuning in and giving us a listen. Fisher Philbrick is a management and production company that assembles, manages, and produces both creative projects and businesses. Our first project being this podcast, The Show. And so, without further ado, let's jump right on in. Hey you guys, thanks for tuning in and joining us for another episode. We are super excited to get started today with a new business conversation for you. The business is titled Old 831 Brand. It was created by Hannah and we have a great conversation today just talking about really so many different items and things. And I think one of the most exciting things and why I was so excited to get started with this conversation was because she is in Santa Cruz and I am in San Jose. So Santa Cruz is where everyone from the Bay Area goes to go to the beach and that is like a summer fun thing that you do and I mentioned in our Monday morning with Michael show a couple episodes ago that we actually went to the beach to help celebrate my parents anniversary and that's where we went we went to Santa Cruz Seabright Beach in particular but it's a beautiful like 30 minute drive up over the Santa Cruz mountains it's like Los Gatos into the Santa Cruz mountains to you get right off the freeway and you see the ocean. So it is so much fun going there. So I was really pumped up and just super excited. So I hope you guys are as excited as I am and that you really enjoyed this conversation with Hannah from Old831 Brand. Hey Hannah, thanks so much for being with us today. We're just super excited to be talking with you. I mentioned at the top of the show kind of that I'm in San Jose and it's correlation to Santa Cruz and that You are from Santa Cruz, you've grown up there, you reside there, you do everything there. So I'd love to just kind of start off with kind of you giving an introduction about yourself as well as kind of your history with Santa Cruz and any like fun facts or hobbies or great spots you have within there. Totally. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate being recognized as a business owner, which I know I am, but sometimes I forget. But yeah, so I grew up in Santa Cruz uh, in actually a little town within Santa Cruz called Soquel that people think is SoCal, but there's a yeah. <laughs> um, And yeah, just growing up kind of small beach town, I didn't really grow up as the small beach town kid. I, I didn't grow up surfing. I didn't really skate till I was kind of a teenager. So I feel like I am not as Santa Cruzy as most people that grew up here, but more after college um, and in my like young adult years, I have more, I've embraced being the Santa Cruz person that I am going to the beach with my dog, you know, skating around town, not doing any tricks or anything, skating for transportation. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, just enjoying the really awesome town that Santa Cruz is while I can still, you know, afford to live here and, and enjoy being here because I know a lot of people don't have that privilege. So yeah, it's a great place to be. Um, I would suggest going to East Cliff because it's the best beach in town, but don't Ooh. blow up the spot. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's one of those things like when I was thinking of that, I was like, what's a good spot to go to but also if it's really good from someone who knows the area then like maybe not too good <laughs> because you don't want everyone just like going there and I think that's funny you mentioned surfing too because even back when I was in I think like high school and I wanted to be a singer-songwriter so I was like setting up all these accounts like on Twitter when I I feel like back when Twitter was cool now I'm just like oh it's something I have to do for the business but <laughs> I'm not very fond of it but you know messaging people and people are like oh you're from California do you just surf every day and I'm like no and then do you see movie stars also every other day no I'm actually in the Bay Area so I neither surf nor see you know celebrities and more likely that I would surf I actually did 
in college an outdoor adventure and we went we did like a learn to surf type of thing and it was so stormy and i guess you know waves come in like sets so there'll be like three and then it gets a little quiet so then that's when you paddle out and then you wait for the next set of waves to come and they just didn't stop coming so like by the time i was asking the instructor like can you actually take me out there with you you know because i took like swimming out there getting pushed back swimming and then they're like no it's too stormy here's some boogie boards and i was like oh my gosh that's not like i can boogie board on my own i wanted to surf have you tried surfing though and in, in doing all of that uh yeah i've surfed i mean i've surfed a couple times i have some just like foam top wave storms that i am really good at sitting on out in the ocean i like to be on the water yeah i don't really care about learning how to like do cool things i couldn't stand up okay to ride a wave back in so I have some friends that really like to surf and I'm like okay I'll, I'll go out there and sit on a board with you guys and then let me know when you're done and I'll just like come back in because yeah, yeah I feel I'm like not... that's a lot of surfing is like sitting and waiting at least when we like that was always a joke when we're walking like they're just sitting there in the water what are they doing <laughs> totally especially lately because I, I walk my dog on on East Cliff and that's you know Pleasure Point and the Hook and all the really good surfing spots and I often see just like everyone sitting out there and waiting and just like enjoying, enjoying the water, but just not doing a whole lot. And then sometimes I'll walk on a day with really good waves and it's just like so packed and, you know, these huge waves. And it's really fun to just like sit and watch everyone do cool things that I am not able to do myself. <laughs> yeah. And if the listeners didn't know, the ocean that we're by is very cold. So again, yes. when we talk about surfing, it is people in wetsuits, maybe even with like a little hood around them, like gloves, mm -hmm. potentially not the like majestic, you know, in bikinis and board shorts <laughs> type of surfing <laughs> that when we traveled to Southern California a couple years ago, I'm like, I've never actually seen a surfer in a swimsuit. Like they're always like fully like in their wetsuit and like gear from there. So, but I think that's funny because I'm guessing probably listeners are like, oh, surfing. I'm like, Yes, but you know, it's with a lot of clothes on. And then can you give a short description of your company, the name and kind of what it does? Well, the name is Old A31 Brand and I do just kind of Santa Cruz inspired apparel, accessories and paintings. And so basically like everyone knows the Santa Cruz skateboards, like red dot, like that's what you think of with Santa Cruz, um, which is a good mix of touristy and local. Like you see locals wearing it, but you also see every tourist buy it um and <laughs> yeah. i kind of strive to make the stuff that is more for locals only and is very inspired by growing up here and the vibe i get here and you know the vibe that i aspired to growing up wanting to be a cool skater kid when i totally was not a cool skater kid so yeah. um yeah it's just you know local local santa cruz stuff that gives you that warm santa cruz feeling nice and then what is the significance behind the name for those who don't know what 831 is. Yes. Well, um, there's actually two parts of that. So 831 okay. is the area code for Santa Cruz all the way down to Monterey. Um, so it's kind of like a way of saying Santa Cruz without screaming it in your face. So I have a lot of things that just say 831. So it's kind of like subtle, like if you know, you know, kind of deal. And yeah. Everyone knows, <laughs> that's fine. And it's funny because people like the really classic old Santa Cruz guys are like, well, if it's old, it should be old 408 because the area code used to be 408, which oh, is now. That's where I'm at now. One. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where I am. Yep. And so, and I'm like, well, yeah, that's true. The old part is in there, but you know, if I say 408 now, people think San Jose and, yeah, and you're like, Gross. we can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> but the old part came from um, my first design I ever did was a knockoff Jack Daniels logo. 
which you cannot find pictures of anywhere, maybe in my tag stuff, but you know, because I got in a cease and desist from them rightfully. So like, I should not have ripped that off, but it started my brand and I'm thankful for that. Um, <laughs> but in the little where it says old number seven brand, I had put old eight through one brand as just like, uh, whatever, like, oh, eight through one are numbers that work with this. Like the whole thing said quality beaches, Santa Cruz, whole, it was different words on for all of the parts of it. Once I realized that this was going to become a brand, I was like, I got to have a name. And old 831 sounds pretty cool. Like old 831 brand. Like I kind of like that. And so that's where the old comes from. That's what that whole story is for is the old nice. part. Doesn't mean old. It means like, I don't know, something else. But yeah. Yeah. And I think overall it gives like when you see that, you're like, Ooh, this is an established, you know, like mm-hmm. must have been around for a long time without even knowing. So it's a good like kind of psychological and like, I feel like draw, like gives you credibility already just because you, you see that you're like old A31 brand what is that Ooh, intrigue you know like it sounds very like <laughs> official and I always like the the stories I think are so great behind that because you would never know you know if you just totally you're, you just see your name like oh cool Santa Cruz <laughs> you know and then when did you actually start this business so when is your I guess like anniversary date from when you officially started um it'll be um it's august the month of august i cannot tell you a specific date at all okay Um, yeah but august of 2015 so it'll be seven years next month which is like kind of crazy to think about because i started it when i was literally the summer between graduating high school and going off to university like i had made that jack daniels design just for fun while i was in high school not as a person who drank or anything like that absolutely not i just thought design was fun so i just did this and my mom saw it and she was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, I want a shirt that says this. That's so awesome. And so we got like a little order together and we just posted on Facebook being like, hey, we need 24 pieces to make this order and like to print these. And we kind of want to do this. So let us know if you want one. And 200 people wanted one. <laughs> and oh my so, goodness. Yeah. And so I, I did a really big first order and I did that and I was like, cool, we're only going to do one of those. But that was pretty sick. And yeah, uh, definitely was not just one order. <laughs> so that was, you said, right in between. And was that, were you expecting any of that growing up? Were you at that point where you had thought it would be cool to design like on clothing and apparel? Or is it more of like you just were really into designing? I, it was kind of weird because I had just gotten into design kind of right around that time. I've always been artistic. I was going to go to college for art. Um, I ended up you know, moving away for a semester and then moving right back to Santa Cruz because I didn't want to be away and college was not my vibe. Um, but I I never thought that I was going to be the responsible person to run a business. I was like, I could make cool t-shirt designs and like send them to a business and have them make it and sell mm. it. And I just like get the credit or whatever. But like figuring out how to do the production part and the design part was something that I was like really nervous about didn't know how any of that worked I liked the idea of doing it but it seemed really daunting and then I kind of just did it anyway like started with made to order stuff where I just post on Facebook being like okay I'm gonna do another one like let me know what garments you want tell me your size and I'll order it and it just got big enough that I couldn't do that anymore it was too like too much to keep track of of like this person gets this shirt and that person gets that one whatever And so, yeah, it was like, I, I say on my, my website, I say it was a happy accident starting this brand because it really was like, it really, I did not intend to do any of this. I didn't even like have a drive for it necessarily. I just was like, we'll do it. We'll see what happens. And yeah, it got me 
here and now I have a drive for it now I like want it yeah (laughs) hopefully (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's coming upon seven years and what did it look like so you talked about like that first order and then the made to design and then how did you get to then creating your own brand so like once you had the name and then you're like okay this is too much to keep doing this how did you get from that to like we're gonna create a whole brand and how do we do that totally I so I mean in Santa Cruz there's a lot of t-shirt shops that have a lot of different brands that are very very similar to mine of just like cool artwork on t-shirts and I'd always go into shops especially stickers I'd go into shops and be like I want all of these stickers but I'm gonna buy them and not stick them on anything because I think they're special yeah and I uh my my friend's dad had owned one of those shops and I went in and I was like okay I really like your stickers like I might want to make a sticker of this Jack Daniels design I did I don't know. And he was like, oh, well, this is my guy who does it. Like, go to his shop. He'll get your stickers done for you. And and so I, like, threw together another design that is now my Trident design. This was the second one that I ever made. Threw that one together. And I was like, okay, I have two designs. And I drafted this really official email to the screen printing shop of, like, I'm a business owner and I want these stickers and whatever. And I show up and it's this really casual place. Like, so no, like, pressure, no nothing. And the guy who owned it was like, hey, you look like you're really organized and you seem really like put together. Do you want to work here? Like, do you want to be our front desk person and our in-house designer? And at the time I was piercing ears in the mall, like at a jewelry stand, just just moved back from my dropping out of college, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, trying to make some money. And I was like, "Uh, yes, I want to be a designer. Of course, I'll (laughs) do whatever you need me to do. I will fold shirts, I will do anything. And so I got into the production side of things of, you know, the screen printing of the shirts, the cutting of the decals, the embroidery, all of that. And that's what really like made me realize I could turn this into a brand and I could really do this like semi-seriously. <laughs> I say seriously, but um, more committed at least. Uh, and yeah, that was just a really cool random opportunity that happened that really kind of kickstarted the rest of it. And did you think creating the brand was fairly easy or what do you think people overlook when, cause I think that now, especially with, you know, it's so much easier to get t-shirts through these other companies and like go and people are like, I want my own brand or I'm going to create my own brand or I'm going to do this. But I know it's actually a lot more difficult than I think people think. So what do you think is typically overlooked? I feel like a lot of it Personally, I like to handpick the garments that I print on because I buy I buy blank garments from various companies and I print on them and I whatever kind of has the right fit and the right color and the right feel. But a lot of people overlook the feel of the shirt itself. They go, okay, I designed this. This will look great on a shirt and it may or may not, depending. And they put it on some like Hanes beefy tee that's stiff and awful and doesn't fit people right or is not true to size or whatever it is. And they sell it because it looks cool, but nobody wears it because it doesn't feel good. So they buy it and they get the money. Great. But they don't get the like return customers or anything like that. And I always, especially my women's stuff, trying to get things that is true to women's size and not tiny little like three sizes smaller than it says kind of shirts Mm. um, that women actually want to wear and want to, you know, work out in and hike in and sleep in and whatever it's yeah it's that extra thought that some people don't really put into it when you first start and you learn it eventually but 
some yeah. people don't get <laughs> either probably the that. hard way right totally yeah. like, uh, family friends why aren't you wearing my stuff because it's scratchy <laughs> totally my first run of sweatshirts was like this weird boxy cut like it was like I don't even wear my first sweatshirts that I and I still have oh, them. No. I don't wear them they're awful and then I switched to using really great blanks I actually use the same blank sweatshirts that Santa Cruz skateboards uses um, same with their t-shirts. So it's really nice as like a reference point when I'm selling in person, everyone owns one of those shirts in Santa Cruz. So I can be like, whatever size you wear in that, you wear in mine and mine's half the price. Yeah. So, like that's your information for you. And once I kind of figured out the right garments to print on, then, then the art can speak for itself and people will wear it. Yeah. And did you find sizing the different logos to be challenging? Cause I know I do a lot of like art stuff and I've I've always, I'm the one who finds those websites that will like, I just submit my design and then they ship it to me. And the very first one I did, I was like, this looks great. Like a piece on your chest for like a sweatshirt. And then it arrived to me and it was so much tinier. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it doesn't even like, I'm pretty thin and don't have a huge chest. And it was small on me. I'm like, gosh, this, I like the design looks very cool. But so then from then on, I would leave notes. I'm like, make it look like a professional t-shirt move my designer, you know, cause I'm like, I don't know, like on these computer systems, I'm like, if you know, t-shirts, you know, like standard is like this many inches down and this, you know, much across the chest. But did you find that was challenging? Yeah, I, I definitely had some runs where I, so I go up all the way to a three XL in my men's stuff. So a three X and a small look very different with the print on it. And we, there's also the constraints of the actual screen size because everything I, I do is uh, screen printed. And so your screen is only so wide and your palette, your shirt goes on is only so wide. So your print can only be so wide. So it's about 11 inches. And I, I was doing everything kind of, you know, 10 inches wide and however long that makes it and it'll be fine. And I saw 3X on someone like walking around and I was like, oh my gosh, that looks so bad. That's so small. <laughs> no, like the front looks great figured out the front sizing because I do all kind of pocket prints. So that was pretty standard. Um, and yeah, I saw that little tiny, it was the Jack Daniels logo actually. And it was a little tiny one just kind of floating on someone's back. And I was like, oh no, we're going to have to fix that one. So <laughs> it adjusted all of my sizes to be, like you said, as big as possible, which helped a lot. And, you know, on some of the smalls, it looks really big, but I think that is also kind of a style. Like it's kind of a vibe of the really big back print on something. Um, yeah. It's a really cool, big graphic. Uh, but yeah, I definitely had some trial and error on that for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's cool that you actually had that experience where you actually got to learn all of these steps. Cause I think that is very good for other people who maybe want to get into this type of a business or even just knowing when you're supporting a business such as yours is like, you're not just going through a website and, you know, it's okay for people that do that and make a business. But I think it's even like so much more special and like, awesome to know that like you have the experience of like working in the shop getting dirty and like figuring out these trials and errors and like going through all that work because that makes then your current brand and everything you offer now and going forward like so much better and more special to know like your hands have touched these and you know like your hard work and experience has gone into it it's not just oh I just you know wrote this in my lettering you know on an iPad and sent it off and it's mm -hmm. like no maybe that was how it started but then you're like getting this together and then you have to sell it and you're out at all these markets too. So I think that's super cool. Do you have any advice though, for if someone is listening and they want to develop their own brand? Cause I think 
I mean, I'm imagining myself listening back to this and I'll be like, wow, this sounds so cool. You know, like so cool. Like I think just the word brand is very cool, but any advice for people who might look into that? Yeah. I mean, I, the main thing is, is to not take yourself too seriously. Um, I've been involved in kind of starting some other brands with people just as being a designer and kind of a, a mentor, I guess. And people, you know, think that it's going to, just blow up and be huge and they should do pre-orders and like order a ton of stock and you know be ready for everyone to buy it and I tell you be ready for one person to buy it if you're really lucky because like my website I've had my website for probably five years now and I get not even one order a month because that's just the nature of it like it's unless you're unless this is your full-time gig you're like paying for advertising you're a really good marketer all those things that I am not. It's it's a slow process and you got to be patient and you got to really, really love what you do. Because if you don't have the passion behind it or the like want to do it, if it's just like, well, I think it looks kind of cool and I want to make this money. Like that's not going to sell you shirts. That's not going to get people interested. People can see it by looking at the shirt. They'll go, oh, that's minimal effort. You just want my money. (laughs) And I, I have kind of the opposite approach of this is not my full time gig. Like I don't do this for the money at all. Cause if I was, I would not <laughs> be here. And I really just want to get my art out there. So I have really, really cheap prices. And I have just really like kind of a personal touch to everything just so everyone can realize that like, oh, this person just wants to make cool shirts. And like, I want to wear a cool shirt. Let's do it. Like, or I want to have a cool skateboard or whatever the thing is. But yeah, I think, yeah, just don't take yourself too seriously. And do it anyway even if it's failing I mean don't waste your money too much but you know yeah just just like what you do and keep it casual yeah and I think that is very tempting when because right now I'm working on like a kid section to this business and I I want to do like books and stickers and get into a whole other side of this and I've done a lot of creative projects and I know that is like when you're ordering something you're like how many should I get and you're like ooh, if I get a hundred it gets much cheaper or if I get this many or <laughs> You know, and I did that when I published a musical, I got, I had a whole like publishing promotion event and I was going to sell scripts and I ordered 50. They missed the the shipment for that. So they sent me another 50 to like make up for it. But I'm like, I don't need a hundred scripts. And like, to this day, they're under my bed. And that mm-hmm. was like many years ago. I'm like, I mean, I think the script is so good, but what do I do with it? You know, I'm like, I just go around and like those free book, like bookshelves that are around mm-hmm. town of like, here's a copy, here's a copy, like read it. And I don't know, produce it if you want to, but I think that's super good. And that is just, I think because when you do your own art, it is really exciting. And you just imagine, you know, like everyone will want this or everyone is going to be wearing this, but totally. sometimes it happens. And sometimes, like you said, it takes a lot of time to get there and to get going, you know, looking on your background. So where you are now, kind of looking back, is there any like instances from when you were growing up to the jobs you worked that really helped you get this started or like keep going in your background as far as like what you have used because I think that's always really cool when you look back at your own life and you're like wow if I didn't go through this this and this it wouldn't have prepared me to be where I am today yeah totally I think a lot of it is from just like being kind of the weird kid for um in every situation I've ever been in um which you know now as an adult you every adult kind of grows out of it and realizes that it's a good thing and you know you hear that a lot of like embrace your weird kidness but I think learning that you know okay there's gonna be people that don't like what you do or people that think what you do is cliche or whatever and just doing it anyway and just being 
being the the weirdo and just doing the things anyway and and learning that people are going to say things about what you make and say things about what you do and that you know you can pay them no mind if you want to, mm-hmm. um, which I've learned is the easiest way to do it. And then apart from that part, the personality part and just getting through my own like personal struggles of that, um, it's getting into production. Like working at a screen printing shop taught me so many things that I didn't expect to learn from there. And just being able to see behind the curtain of everything and be involved in the whole process really helped me have that insight for when I'm selling later or when I'm making decisions later on things, I can be like, cool, well, I know the best way to do this. And I can explain to you why I did this and why this is this way and whatever. And it really, I think it really just helps the, the personal side of the brand to be like, look, I'm well-versed in all of this. Like I'm not, I'm not just ordering things online. Not that that's bad. I think that's a great way to start. <laughs> it's not yeah. a great way to continue though. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I think customers can really tell, cause I've been at the startup I was at, we'd go to these like pop-up shop events and like you're talking nonstop for an entire day. And like, you get really good at like having your speaking points of like, you may only have like 10 seconds of them walking by. So you got to draw them in. But if you actually know what you're talking about, people like that, they know that. And especially I think with your demographic of being in Santa Cruz, where, you know, people have such a strong draw towards Santa Cruz. And like, if you're from there, like, yes, we're from here. And like, you appreciate all the more when the person selling things actually knows what they're doing and like has that great experience behind it, which is super cool. And then can you talk about from here, the specific items you sell? Because, well, I mean, I would encourage listeners go to the website because there's a lot of really cool stuff. But before we, you know, tell you again and again to check out his website, uh, we'd love to hear kind of the different items you have. Yeah. So I have um, apparel of all kinds. So um, t-shirts, long sleeves, tank tops, men's and women's. Um, I have some really sick windbreakers that are probably my favorite of my products only because windbreakers are so cool. fun. <laughs> I have really comfortable sweatshirts. Um, everything that I have is super soft and will be your favorite thing to wear to the point where you will wear it till there's no logo on it anymore. And then I also do a ton of stickers because stickers are really easy for me to produce. They're a lot cheaper overhead than t-shirts. So any new design I have, I'll make a sticker. So I have probably like 35 to 40 sticker designs just because I can. Um, along with hats, pins, patches, all of that of my actual like logo work. And then on top of that, I do, I, I hand paint a lot of things. So I hand paint skateboards. I have some that I've painted of just out of my own brain, my designs I want to do um, that are on my website, as you'll see. And then I also do custom stuff. So I do custom requests for skateboards, which is always really fun. Um, I like to, to hear what people come up with and to be able to kind of make that a real vision for people that they can't, they have some idea in their mind and they can't just go to the Santa Cruz skate shop and find it. And I want to be able yeah. to be that bridge where I can, you know, make something that's totally skatable, totally durable, or can also look very good on a wall. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like post it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I paint skateboards and then I paint these little like wood blocks as just decorative little things. I don't have those on my website because I just sell them in person and they sell so quickly. So, um, but just like, you know, whatever my brain wants to do that day, we will paint it and hopefully <laughs> someone will give me money for it. <laughs> nice. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I'd seen in your Instagram stories, the the small paintings that mm-hmm. you just mentioned. I was like, oh, I want to hear about those because I was like, <laughs> I don't see these on the website, but I know that's a part of, you know, what you create. And how did you mentioned you got into skateboarding? Can you share a little bit more for 
anyone else who like grew up skateboarding, like how you got into it? Yeah, I mean, growing up in Santa Cruz, you cannot not be interested in skateboarding, even if you're just interested in the like lifestyle, whether you want to skate or not. And I came from a very not skate family. Um, my dad is British, and so we definitely have a more more that end of the spectrum family, which is totally great. But um, I was definitely like, okay, mom, can I get a skateboard for my birthday or for Christmas or something? And I got my first skateboard for Christmas, um, which was a Santa Cruz skateboard. And I still have it. I still ride it all the time. I got it when I was, I think, like 12 or 13. And I just, you know, practiced riding it down the driveway. And I thought I was going to be a cool, like, kickflip skater person. I'm not. But just, you know, working around town and having a lunch break where I don't want to drive anywhere because there's so much traffic and I just want to get somewhere quickly to get a sandwich and go back to work. I started longboarding and it's a really easy way to get around. It's easier than a bike. It's easier to store than a bike. And then I got an electric skateboard, which was actually Ooh. quick, quick story. So sorry, but yeah, no, there was a local skateboard company that made electric skateboards. It doesn't exist anymore. Sorry, in board, but they ran a competition where you could they had some decks that they couldn't use anymore and they were like well what are we going to do with it we'll give it to artists and they can paint whatever they want on them wow. and then bring it back to us and we'll use it as office art and whoever is the best one will win a free skateboard a free electric skateboard and i found literally a craigslist ad for this competition and i was <laughs> like let's do it sure yeah and so I painted these uh, two uh, jellyfish skateboards, which if you scroll really far back on my brand Instagram, you can find them. Um, and I won out of nowhere. I was like, I've never painted a jellyfish before and I've never really done this, but this could be really cool. Uh -huh. And I, I did it and I won and I got this really cool electric skateboard that I still have and I still use often to, you know, get around town and, you know, just cruise on a Friday night when the streets are empty. But yeah, that was kind of what got me into skateboarding a little bit more was doing that like little competition and whatnot, which kind of started me doing skateboards for other people. Yeah, I was gonna say, did that help you like push you into doing the custom work and like knowing that maybe you hadn't done it, but you're like, oh my gosh, I just want a competition. So maybe I can do this and get money for it. Totally. Yeah, it was that. And I had both of those pictures on my personal Instagram, my brand one. And I had some friends be like, hey, I want a skateboard. Like if I buy a blank deck and sand it down, will you? will you paint it? I'm like, totally will. So did some stuff for some friends and then it was like, well, I guess people want to do this. So let's do it. Send it. Yeah. And I think that's cool. I, so far in the businesses I've seen, I have not seen that. So I'm like, wow, that's super cool. <laughs> you know, that you can get your own custom deck. And I know when I was in college, the penny boards were very popular, which are like the mini long boards. And I just found mine in the garage a couple of weeks ago and I took it out and I was like, wow, I can still ride this. And like, oh, it's still fun. And, you know, I originally got it for getting around the college campus, but there were so many cracks and bumps that I was falling off more than actually getting on with it. So I was like, this was a really cool fad to like be super excited about. But at the same time, I'm just going to hurt myself <laughs> if I take it. But now like I just go up and down the street and we have a local park and I like go in circles and like, cool let's relearn like how to turn on a deck and you know go from there totally and from looking at your website you have a lot of cool different animals and sea creatures and just things that are very specific to the ocean but also santa cruz in general can you talk about some of those animals their significance to why you chose them 
And then maybe any fun facts about them? Totally. Yeah. A lot of it comes from the aquarium, the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Um, I have passes to go there whenever I want. And I get a lot of my inspiration from there. I like to, whenever I'm kind of feeling stuck, just generally in life and especially creatively, a good aquarium trip will reset your brain really well. Um, just sitting and watching the sharks and whatnot. But I mean, looking at my stuff, you'll see a lot of sharks. Those are my favorite animal. I have like six sharks tattooed on me. I... I just find them so fascinating, cool, like literal dinosaurs and apex predators and just the most perfect design of an animal. Like they're just awesome. So you'll see a lot of sharks. Which I one also, is your, your favorite? I have my biggest shark tattoo is of hammerhead sharks. I really enjoy them just because they're so weird and so fun and they have some cool little fun facts about them. Um, but like Favorite shark, favorite shark is um, the thresher shark, just because everything about them is so perfectly engineered by nature that you watch them in the water or you watch them throw themselves out of the water and mm -hmm. be this iridescent, rainbowy, beautiful color. And you're just like, wow, I'm this weird human that like can't even stand upright. And you're this <laughs> like perfectly engineered creature that is just like so easily like swimming through the water faster than anything else. Like, yeah, I so cool. And then from there, what is, because when I was looking at your website and kind of getting to know your business as well, you mentioned a lot that you use, you know, local shops and like being in Santa Cruz, I think is a great way to do that. Can you talk about like how you utilize these shops and how they've really helped you in your own business and kind of how, you know, well, I can imagine by you using them, you're helping them and they're helping you, you know, it all goes together, but I think that's a really cool thing that I haven't heard so far. Yeah, I mean, I am all for supporting local as much as I can. And um, I think from working at the screen printing shop that I worked at, shout out to Santa Cruz Custom Screen Printing. I worked there for many, many years. I um, And I, I worked there after I had started my brand, but it really is what kick-started my brand was working there um, because the owner, he is awesome and he has his own Santa Cruz apparel brand. Uh, so I got to like, do some design work for him and kind of get his input on the things I was doing. And that's, that's how I learned size of prints and all of that stuff from him. Cause he was just this like wealth of knowledge. That was awesome. But I, I did go through like three other screen printing shops, maybe four other screen printing shops before I got to him because, you know, just trial and error, I would do one order through one place and either have a bad customer service like experience or their minimums weren't good enough for where I was at. Cause I was doing such small things and just things that weren't working and quality of print and all of that. And so once I found this shop and it was consistent and good and owned by good people and, you know, very information-based as I am now with my brand of like, I'll tell you all about the blank that I printed this shirt on. Dale will tell you about every process of the screen printing all of it just to be like you get it mm. now you understand why we have to do it this way or why this is going to last so long and why we're going to whatever and i also got to i got to learn how to do embroidery on an embroidery machine and so i i Ooh. used to do all of my hats and embroidery myself when i worked there and i had access to their stuff now their team takes it over and does a great job but it was really cool to like learn the ins and out and get the opportunity to do that through working there and through just like generally supporting them. So now whenever I go drop off an order every couple of months, I say hi to all my friends who still work there and they're all still doing doing their great work that they do. And they're able to, you know, help support me and help get my stuff out there and, and good quality. And I can like trust 
what they're going to do with it instead of like, we'll drop it off and hopefully. It yeah, fingers crossed the whole time and try not to show the disappointment when you open, <laughs> you know, right? open yeah. everything. You're like, oh no, this is not good at all. <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh man. And then I think you've kind of touched on this, but was there a defining moment of when you knew like, okay, this is when we're starting this business, you know, like I'm all in. Cause I know you mentioned, you know, college was not for you. And then you were doing the t-shirts. Was there anything else within that or like specific moments you remember where you're like, we are doing this and I am now a business owner. I think maybe kind of when I started my website, I was like, oh, I need a website, huh? Like, that's probably a really good idea. Instead of just like, people always ask me like, where do you sell? And I'm like, I nowhere, like out of my garage or out of like, uh-huh. I have sold so many sweatshirts out of the trunk of my car at like beer gardens and whatnot. Cause people are like, I'm cold. And I hear them. I'm like, I sell sweatshirts. Like I got them in my car. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh no that's that's such a good strategy too I wouldn't even think of that because yeah it gets chilly at night along the coast in the ocean mm-hmm. oh man we'll never expect that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there was there was no real moment it just kind of just kind of happened and I think um I did my first in-person event w- way back when I don't even know when it was I think 2017 summer of 2017 my first in-person selling event and so many people were like where's your store and I was like oh not gonna make a store but you know that's I wondered that too when I was looking through I was like next time in Santa Cruz I'm gonna go to the store and then I was like wait a minute I think it's an online shop and then pop-up shop like in person but yeah because I think the name and the like it looks so official and like it holds like everything you want you know like when you're designing it like is me being like yeah I imagine like a skate shop like a really cool skate shop with t-shirts and like everything everywhere no, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I aim for the vibe but I definitely don't have my own shop but people think I do all the time and they always ask me oh so you work for this company you're like a rep for this company and I always have to be like no this is just me <laughs> like it's I sell it out of my garage like yeah I designed everything I know there's a lot to look at like I know you don't believe me but this is my brand so yeah it's it's definitely funny to get those questions of like oh yeah, this is like part of something else. Or like, you have a store. And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I always think that's cool though, that it appears as though you do, whether or not like you go forward with it. Cause I think that shows a lot about just your design skills and how you display and like hold yourself and the business. So I think props to you for that. And then how do you, do you have anything specific you do to like keep up to date with like either your design or the trade that you're in within your business of like, I spend so much time doing this a week or you know, practicing art every day. I don't know. I I mean, I definitely paint pretty much every day. Um, now that I work from home and I have my painting stuff within arm's reach of me at all points is kind of nice. Um, I've definitely upped my skill accidentally because of that. But honestly, it's really just like being out in Santa Cruz and training my eye to find cool designs and things like I'm forever the person that's like, wait, I got to take a picture of this sign because I like this font. And all of my friends are like, what are you doing? Like, it looks the same as the sign next to it. I'm like, no, but these E's look really cool. <laughs> and so it's really just like getting out in Santa Cruz, finding the things that look cool, finding the things that I see the like really local people getting into. And I'm like, okay, you're really into that. So why are you into that? Okay, it's because this looks cooler because this feel or whatever it is, this style, and then finding some way to translate that into my work. But also I just kind of do whatever I want, like, honestly, <laughs> like with no plan. And I know that's probably not the like business owner attitude, but I think that being able to tra- stay like true to what you want to do versus 
what you think will work best makes things work best accidentally. Yeah. I know even with social media, they people are always saying like, I tried so hard for this reel or this story or this post and it got nothing. And then, well, I had that too with my business here. I just did like one of me drawing on my iPad, which isn't related to this business of helping other, you know, small businesses and supporting them. And it got like 15,000, like so many views and likes. And I was like, why, why? Like, this was like a dumb video that I was like, I'm an artist too. So I'll post something. And I feel like that's so true, but also like very good to know. And to me, I can find it a little bit daunting to be like, cause I love to plan everything out. And so I would be the one who's like, we're going to do this, 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 and this. But then you're like, oh, sometimes it is just like, you got to like relax, let things go and like, just go for the journey, I guess, of living life and having your own business too. Takes the pressure off, which is nice. Yeah. I like no pressure. I put pressure on myself. So I like to have no pressure if I can. Yeah, no, very good. And then from there too, I was am interested to hear about like ups and downs, mostly because I think it's helpful. Kind of what I've talked about in the past on this podcast is like, you know, like having your own business is going to be hard. And that's what everyone tells you like, oh, it's going to be hard. And like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like a lot of people trying to like almost scare you away from it, which I'm like, why? Like, it's my life. Like if I want to do this fine, but Mm -hmm. I've also seen like, you don't actually know how hard it is until you are actually there. And you're like, I knew this was going to be hard, but man, it is. So I'd love to hear, I guess, starting with like, when you felt like you were in a valley, like a hard time. And then we'll get to the good of like, when you're on the mountaintop and like, yes, it's me. (laughs) Yeah. Always, always start with the bad. Yeah. Of course it's going to be bad. Everyone knows it's going to be hard. Like that's just a given. And you don't know what type of hard it's going to be, of course, but like, yeah, I always hear that from people where it's like, yeah, it's going to be tough. And you're like, well, of course it's going to be tough. Like if it was easy, everyone would do it. Like, no, obviously, but yeah, I, I, well, I had talked about, I had mentioned earlier about my cease and desist I got from Jack Daniels, which was totally not a problem. Totally saw it coming. It was like three years after I made the design and had been selling it for three years. Like I literally in my email back to them, I was like, thank you for letting me use this for this long. Like I'll take everything down. So that one wasn't too bad, but I only had that attitude about it because it was my second cease and desist I've received. And the first one that I got, um, I hope nobody gets too mad at me for this, but I got one from NHS, which is the company that owns Santa Cruz Skateboards. And they also own a bunch of other skate brands. Like I think they own Independent and Creature and all of these really big names. And they have 11, I think, trademarks of the word Santa oh. Cruz. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Which you think you're like, okay, they're a really big brand in Santa Cruz and they're like really art focused like their art's really cool they have Jimbo Jim Phillips and Jimbo Phillips on their team and like all this stuff you're like cool they have this really big reach they're going to use this to support local artists that's going to be awesome they're going to partner with people they're going to like whatever no no they are quite corporate now and they sent me a cease and desist because I did two skateboards for just for friends I didn't make any money off of them I just gave them to my friends for for free for um going away presents because they were moving out of Santa Cruz and so I put Santa Cruz though just the words like not the dot not anything related to that just the words Santa Cruz and whatever else they wanted on the board because they were custom orders and had posted them on my Instagram and a couple of years later literal years later oh my goodness got this email being like you're promoting Santa Cruz skateboards and you're like promoting that you're producing them and you can't do this and it's copy or trademark infringement all this stuff and I at the time I was 19 
And I was like, still super fresh to this. And I was like, oh my gosh, like they're going to sue me. This is awful. Like, no. And I also, at the same time, was just like, I'm sorry. No, I'm not going to stop doing this. Like, why would I stop? Just because you have the trademark of the place we all live in. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And so I definitely had a combination of feelings about that. And I, you know, 12 emails with them back and forth later, they finally were just like, we've been around for 40 years. We have team of lawyers and we're prepared to like do something about this if you want to. And I was just like, I have no money. Absolutely not. Like, no. (laughs) So I took everything down or I took the photos down and now I make it a point when I'm doing custom boards to be like, I can put anything on it except for the word Santa Cruz. And I will tell you exactly why. Yeah. The like main part of the kicker of that story, which I is what makes me like the most sad about it, honestly, is I walked into work the next day, which I was working at the screen printing shop for that guy who has his own brand. And I walked in and I was like, I got a cease and desist from NHS. And he goes, oh, it's about time. Everyone gets one. And just the <laughs> fact that, that was the reaction about just like, every local artist gets one. Like, of course you would get one. And I was just like, Whoa. what? Like this art focused brand that's like this really big deal in Santa Cruz that has the obvious monopoly. I was not taking any business from them. That's for yeah. sure. And like- Instead when, they're crushing and like stepping yeah. on any of like independent local artists. Yep. So that was oh, definitely man. something that I was like, well, why do I even keep moving forward with this if I'm just going to get kicked back from them every single time? And like, I'm making apparel, not that looks like theirs at all, but like is, is the same market and it has Santa Cruz on it. And instead, I just learned exactly what their rules are and exactly what their trademarks are and exactly how to be right under it. So yeah, okay. come at me if you want, but <laughs> I just want to make cool art and I'm sorry that you're not art focused anymore at NHS. But that was definitely, yeah, pretty big low. Definitely almost stopped my brand. And I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad I am stubborn. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. That's insane. I wasn't expecting that at all. I was like, you wouldn't even think that that would be a thing. But I mean, it makes, I mean, it makes sense on that side of it. But also like, wow, come on, you got, you know, like, that's insane. And then how about now we'll, we'll finish with that. But now like an up when you were like, yes, we are doing good. <laughs> or like, I get, I don't know if it's like the happiest you felt or the most like authentic or excitement about your business or brand. Yeah. Um, well, I think the first time I saw one of my shirts, like in the wild was pretty cool. Like not on someone that I knew it was, I remember it. I was in the Safeway parking lot at like midnight. I was leaving the gym and just like trying to get some groceries. I looked over and I was like, that's my sweatshirt that person's wearing my sweatshirt like they're they're running their middle of the night grocery store errands and they're wearing my sweatshirt and I was like should I talk to them should I tell them that I'm the maker like is that weird no that's too weird okay I won't do it and I like didn't talk to them oh my gosh but that's great it's just yeah it's like this weird feeling of like I did that and that person chose to wear that to be comfortable like that's kind of crazy no that is so cool and yeah just to see it randomly be like hello (laughs) yep like you don't know who i am but it's fine and i assume that the more you sell the more potential it is for you know to run into people and see people wearing your gear which is so cool and then from here what is your future for your company do you have any like short-term goals and then looking towards the future any longer term ones yeah i um well kind of short term i just want to keep kind of at the level i've been at this last um last two years 
I, since I've started selling in person, I do these makers markets that I sell once a month at, um, and then I sign up for some other ones throughout the year. So sometimes it's twice a month or three times a month, but just being able to like consistently sell in person and be able to connect with people and sell them the shirt myself versus ordering online or whatever. Um, I, I want to keep doing that as much as I can while still working my full-time job. Um, I don't, I, I don't feel like I want to make the jump to be having this full-time. Um, that's not really anything that's like interested me, which I know sounds a little bit weird, but I, it's so much pressure to do well when you do that. And you want it to be amazing and you have to have it pay all your bills and all of that. And I, I like the no pressure of, well, I'll just sell on the weekends and it's fun. And I'll like, and I don't have to worry if I don't make the sales I want to make because I can still pay my rent and it's all yeah. good. <laughs> um, so it, it's a lot on my plate, but at the same time, I, I like where I'm at of being able to maintain and grow this like really steady little bit of baby step growth and still be, be comfortable doing all of the other things I like to do. And then long-term, ideally I want to be in stores. Um, right now I have some stickers in some local shops, but not anything that's like a big deal. But if I could have, like, if I could get to the point where I just have to drop off a box of sweatshirts at a store every like few weeks and they send me a check, like great. And they can do all the selling for me. That would be That'd be pretty cool to be able to like go into a shop and be like, hey, that's my sweatshirt hanging next yeah. to like hanging next to a Santa Cruz skateboard sweatshirt or whatever it is. <laughs> to those like, darn NHS. <laughs> oh, yep. <laughs> Looking way better next to it on the same exact sweatshirt. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. That would be so cool. And then how can we as listeners support you and your business as far as, you know, what's the best way for us to reach out to you to order your supplies, whether it's online or in person? What does that look like? The easiest way is to follow me on Instagram. Um, I'm pretty active on there. And by me, I mean, my mom posts on my Instagram for me. I just sent her photos and she comes up with good captions and remembers to post. So thank you, mom, for that. Yeah, just follow my Instagram. I post a lot about where I'm going to be selling in person. My website is also in a link in my Instagram, um, but my inventory Sometimes it's not up to date because I am a human and I am not on top of things most of the time. But really, best way to support me, come see me in person, come buy some stuff from me in person, talk to me, meet me, I want to meet you, um, and order a skateboard from me. I love doing custom skateboards so much and I get so few orders for them. So please, like I want to paint a skateboard for you. They're surprisingly cheap, I promise. <laughs> and that can be done for sure online too, right? Because I saw yes. there's like you can directly reach out to you from there. Yes. Yeah. For, um, for skateboards specifically, there is, um, on my homepage of my website, there's a thing that says like want a board and you click on it, it takes you to a Google form that you fill out all your info for it, sends me an email and then we email back and forth. Um, but the easiest way to reach out to me directly, DM me on Instagram. I'm really quick at replying. I have no business hours. It's just me. So reach out to me, give me your weird ideas, give me your fun comments. I don't care. Maybe not critiques, but you know, that's fun too. <laughs> Nice. No, that's so great. And I hope you get board orders. I feel like that is such, like I said, like I haven't seen that. And if you enjoy it so much too, that, and literally you can be for the listeners anywhere. And, you know, like, mm -hmm. well, I assume at least in the United States, and that is our main listener base right now. But so yes, those listening, definitely check that out and get your custom board ordered today. And then kind of as we close things up from here, what would be your best advice for kind of strengthening your own personal and business skills that kind of lead to helping you become a business owner? So if you want to start with like 
some of the personal skills and then some of the business ones. That would be great. Yeah. Personal skills. I, I have, you know, a lot of like everyone else, I'm a human, have a lot of my own personal struggles. A lot of it is mental health related and also just like socially related. I am not the most socially fluent person you've ever met, but I definitely see the people that like, you know, when you're on a conversation, group conversation, you go, wow, this person's really killing it. Like they're, they're really leading this story and they're really like everyone's eyes on them. You meet those people and then you can very honestly come up to them and be like, yo, I want to be you or I want to be able to tell a story like you or whatever. And it's really just asking the questions of like, how do you get so confident? Or like, how do you be so casual? Or how do you do these things? Mm-hmm. Um, and you get there, like the human human interaction of, of, you know, kind of breaking down that ego barrier of like, I don't know, I, I'm all for asking people the awkward questions and having those awkward conversations, because you learn a lot. And it's yeah. surprising how much people are so afraid of that, because they don't want to seem weird or like, needy or whatever it is and i'm just like do it anyway and if they have a bad reaction to it that's their problem that's not my problem (laughs) (laughs) yeah and they can always say like i don't feel comfortable sharing that or i i don't want to share with you know like because i found that too with some people i've used to work with who have their own business i'm like what are you using for this because i'm thinking about maybe doing this but i'd rather ask someone who actually knows what they're doing exactly yep and and then with the business stuff honestly like YouTube and or social medias like accounts like yours that help business owners learn the thing that you wouldn't that you don't expect to have to learn until you're in the moment and you don't know how to do it and you're like oh my gosh like for me it was I don't know how to use social media at all I don't remember to even post on my personal accounts so I have my mom do it so I was like hey you have time on your hands I'm a photographer so I have the content and I just, I just need someone to put it together with a fun caption and like hashtags. And she was like, totally. Yeah. I'll watch some YouTube videos about it. Like I'll learn how to do it. <laughs> and we just kind of awesome. like collaborated and did it. But yeah, honestly, YouTube tutorials, <laughs> they're great. Yeah. That's how I learned to play the piano, like from a friend who got me started. And then I was like, yeah, just YouTube at all. And people were like, did you take a lesson? I'm like, no, I had like columns for like right hand left hand this does this the this the this and then eventually I learned chords and then I'm like oh gosh I'm so glad I'm over like spending so many hours just like staring at videos now pause rewind what are they saying you know take note mm-hmm. go from there but I think that is something people don't realize is like a free resource that you can find is like on YouTube or even like I mentioned I think just this week on the podcast episode I had was like Canva is a site where people can like make and create social media posts. And when I was getting started, they have all this content for like color branding and how to like choose colors and they have color palettes. And I was like reading all this stuff about color. I'm like, I thought I knew color. Turns out I do not, but hooray, because they put it all together for me and it's free. (laughs) Yeah. Free, free is the key one for that. I I have mixed feelings about Canva only because I am a graphic designer by trade. So like some people very much are like, it's taking away jobs. And I think that it's such a great tool for people starting out that don't have the money to hire a real designer because a good designer is going to cost you a lot of money. They are going to have, they're going to be worth the money totally because what they can do for you is what Canva can't do for you. But I think it's such a cool place that you can go and kind of like get a good baseline for your branding and your kind of overall look and it'll get you off the ground and it'll get you to to the point where you have enough money to pay a real designer to do the rest of it. And then you can go from there. I think it's really cool that we have tools like that now because technology is so awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I thought I'd be using it a lot. And so 
I was like, oh, it's so much easier for me to do it on my iPad and do my own design because I like the art and design side too. And I'm like, I have to learn a new program. Grow. So I'll use it for like certain things or like they do really good, like video, like edit, you know, like put a video with a static post. I'm like, I haven't learned how to do that with my free apps. So I'll use them for that. But then everything else, I'm like, I think it is more fun. And I think that's probably the art side too, like being a business owner. And like, if you have these skills, it is really fun to actually get to use them <laughs> and like do it right. for your everyday thing and be like, not only did I make that shirt, but I designed this and that. And if you're a photographer, I set the photo, I got the model, like you do everything, <laughs> which I think people, like you were mentioning, they don't understand fully that like these small business owners, like you do, like you're a full team of person, like people in one, or like you have your family to help and support you. And it's not like this huge, like huge amount of people. But I think that is what also makes small businesses like so cool and awesome. And unlike any other business out there too. Yep, exactly. It's that unique personal touch. And you just, you learn to be a Swiss army knife of a person where you can do all the things, whether you want to or not, or whether you think you can or not. Sometimes you just do it anyway. And <laughs> sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't work out and you learn and you, you know, pivot or whatever you need to do to kind of grow from it but yeah being being a one-man team is kind of fun though I am not gonna lie I like I like to have my hands and everything I feel like if I had anyone's help I would be like super micromanager anyway so I, like <laughs> yeah. that I get to do everything exactly how I want to do it and a lot of late nights and you know counting and folding shirts in my garage until midnight but you know I get to pet my dog in the middle of it and listen to some good music and it all works out in the end <laughs> nice well thanks so much for joining us today it was a blast hearing all about you and your business. And in our conclusion, we will be telling people just to check you out and get some of your items. Did you have anything else you wanted to add before we close today? Nope. Just support your local business, whether it's me or not me. I don't care. Just support local because people are trying really hard to be businesses and you should, you should support them if you can. Wow, you guys, wasn't that just so much fun? I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did and as I am, as I, yes, am currently re-listening to this too, along with you as it posts. It is just so much fun to get to talk with business owners and I really hope you got to see like how cool and awesome someone like Hannah is who was able to just, you know, start their own business and really go for it and still, you know, has a full-time job and is just as happy having that with a small business and really finding, you know, that happy mix of doing what you love to do and, you know, really getting to live that out. So definitely go and check out Old 831 Brand, follow them on social media, check out their website, order some goods from the brand. And hey, if you're in the Bay Area, make your way over to Santa Cruz. There will be a lot of maker events coming up in the next few months. So definitely tune in with Hannah's social media aspect with Old 831 Brand to see when those are so that you can actually meet her in person because as she said, she would love to meet you in person. We're gonna have all of this information in the show notes. So don't worry, you will have access to come back, re-listen to this and find all the good information that you need. But as Hannah said, definitely, you know, support local businesses, support small businesses, just as we are, it is so worth it. And you really see in these business conversations, like these are real awesome living, breathing people. And there is nothing, you know, not much better than that, right? Well, have a great rest of your day and we'll be talking to you all very soon. Mm -hmm.